and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM. I have no idea how you're able to have this much energy after daylight savings time ends, you know, this quickly. It takes about a month to readjust, and it's just, Whoa. ugh. Like any, oh, any daylight savings time starting or ending drives me nuts. Oh, I know. It sucks. Um, well, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of reasons for it. I have been, like, super busy with, like, uh, upcoming project for the show and getting ready to start our our break here like this will be going on i think this episode will drop in the middle of our actual break where we're not recording so yeah but still they have to know where our mindset is so they know where where some of the weird crap comes from you know oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> it's, but it's, yeah no we take uh, we take the it's month been... of december off so we but we record a bunch of stuff right before the end of it so that that yeah. the show still keeps coming and then we we get back right back to it again at the beginning of the year. So we try to take at least one break a year. We sometimes do two, but this year I think we've only gotten to do one. So aside from when I moved and I was off for one week. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you are picking up all the stuff that you've ever accumulated and sorting it, boxing it, then transporting it. And... um Oh boy, yeah. I, sorry, I'm. Yeah. I, I am. I am being. I'll talk about why I'm thinking in a giggling kind of thing when I go to my um, uh, uh, recommendations later. It is funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. I am evil. <laughs> I am All evil. Right. I am making you wait. Evil. Oh, really? As in, like an evil overlord sort of way? More of a psychopath, but yes. Okay, sure, cool. I delight uh, in the torment of others. <laughs> no, but really the but uh sorry, I and I didn't even, I didn't do that intentionally. It's just that uh Zippy and I realized that if you put us together and you turn us toward evil, we are terrifying. Uh-huh. Because we've done that in game. So yeah. accidental seg into tonight's topic, which is dun dun dun. The evil overlord. <laughs> or or evil overlords. Uh so not battle lords, overlords. No, Big difference. It is different. Evil overlords are kind of like one of those iconic stereotypes in like games and books. I wouldn't even call them an exact stereotype per se. I, I would say it's more of an archetype. And sure. the, and there's and oh my gosh, the thing is like there's and the wonderful thing about evil evil overlords is because they are more of an archetype. You can put them almost anywhere and they'll fit. Fantasy setting, modern day, pulp, you know, you get a noir thing. Yes, there can be an evil overlord. We usually call those guys crime bosses. Right. It's it, it's all in how you phrase it. But mm -hmm. the, the term evil overlord 
like as the evil overlord, that definitely has its its ties back to fantasy and everything else. Oh yeah, and like old old fairy tales, old fables, like the evil king, the you know the tyrant, you know stuff yeah. like that. I mean, heck, if you want to, and here's the thing: it's like in a modern interpretation, if you the comic or the movie three hundred Xerxes would be considered in that an evil overlord. History said it not it's not quite that clear cut. You know, the actual historical thing, but how he's portrayed. Evil yeah. overlord. Yeah. You know? So the the thing is is pretty much taking something and the one thing is it's like it's taking certain things to an extreme. You know, it, it's making yeah. it, it's you know um taking like all all the you know, taking a magnificent bastard type of a character like David Xanatos and then put him at the extreme where, you know, you've got, he's like ultimate power kind of a thing. Yeah. And the way now. Okay. Now way back in episode 82, we did a, where we, we did an episode on kind of like regular villains and how to make them kind of compelling and interesting and stuff. This is a completely, different sort of thing because the power level has shifted when you're talking about the evil overlord because what does the evil overlord usually command an evil empire and usually when you're role-playing when you when you're running something for your group you might have uh, unless it's absolutely psychotic and i don't recommend it but six people at most usually and you are going up against an empire yeah Think about yeah. it. It's like an evil overlord has some type of an army, a military force, something like that. And it is because the thing is, like, what are you trying to do? It's like, well, yeah, it's an evil overlord. It's like, are you want to stop the army? Do you want to just, you know, be assistive? See, There's so many ways you can use it. This is where I, I kind of fall on the evil overlord i don't view them so much as like a traditional like npc or thing like that they are a plot device and and there's a couple of reasons yeah. for that and yeah, as a story point the thing is and here's a, a cool thing just an fyi because you if you want to think almost about like an evil overlord it, it's a little bit more static than just your villain they are like a force of nature. Like a hurricane can change in power, but a hurricane's a hurricane. It's a spinny wheel of uh, rain and wind and yuck. And that's kind of what your yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what your that's kind of what your evil overlord is. That where you get a lot more kind of character and nuance are the minions and, and their lackeys, their second in command, stuff like that. Because the thing is, it's their power. Because like they are, they're the evil overlord for a damn good reason. You don't have to right. tell them. They might have been there forever. They could be a vampire, a jillion years old. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, now there's like, a couple of there's a couple of points that you kind of want to keep in mind, though, when you're working out how your overlord is going to kind of exist. And one of the big ones, and this is like the first thing that you have to kind of keep in mind, is they're not at the same power level as the characters. You know, it's true they're not really characters. Or regular bad guys, so their power level doesn't have to be the same as the characters. And so you can make them because they are an overlord, and an overlord controls 
a huge swath of whatever it is. So that level, like the players will probably never function at that level. Now they may interact with the the mid to upper levels of his organizations and everything else, but probably never individually interact with that yeah. evil overlord. Yeah, at least not until like like the the bad very at the end thing. But if you want to think yeah. about it, it's like you, what you're going to be doing is doing stuff that affects the overlord's influence in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's you know sowing discord in the army, finding the one true heir to take back the throne. Pretty much, you are you are chipping away at his power, uh, at his power, at his base. At his, you're not going and just like you know putting a yeah, gun away. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's that that could be your ultimate goal, but not initially. The thing is like they I I don't want to call it plot armor because it's not really exactly plot armor, but they have minion armor. It's like you know, yeah. if you think about it, it's like okay, it's like mm, they're evil overlord. They have a they have like dragons and they have griffins and they have like ring like Sauron. I mean, ha- it's think about it. It's like Sauron is like the perfect evil overlord because it's like you can't get to him, but you can wipe out his army. You can kill his yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. Now, there's one of the other points that you can that you need to kind of think about is that they can do what ever you need them to be able to do and the thing is as long as it as long as it makes sense within the rules and rules of the game that you've already kind of well yeah they can know what you need really because they can can, theoretically they can bend or break any of the rules that is kind of their thing yeah but you know just fyi you got to know what your rules are before you can bend and break them right yeah, because the rules don't really apply. I mean, at that level of of control of things, they don't use the same social rules and everything else that exist. They they create their own. You know, so think of them a lot more like as a plot device. You know, so if they have to have a huge, massive, floating castle, and you know, nowhere else would. It, would it make any kind of sense for anyone to ever have a massive floating castle? You know what? They can have it. And if you want to explain why it's magic, they can magic it, you know, or whatever. I mean, they, oh, yeah. they get to bend and break those rules. Exactly. And the thing is like, if, and if you play, and like I said, if you put if you can play your cards, right, this is the, this is kind of the neat thing. It's like, they can know exactly what they need to know. As long as you've, yeah, if you've set it up that, you know, they he has like spies and listeners everywhere kind of a thing, it makes sense that he would know exactly what everyone else was up to while you guys were plotting because you didn't bother to go to a remote location and check that people weren't eavesdropping. That makes yeah, you know, it, it is thing they they can have what whatever at least either mechanic or plot or you know almost like even a Deus Ex Machina kind of a thing that you need them to have to prevent the story from grinding to a halt. And that's one of the good things is since they are so powerful, they can be used as a, you know, they, there's so many different things you can have them. You know, you can have a, a trusted advisor betray them. You can have, you know, Oh, it's like if the party's getting too big for their britches, it's like, guess what? The, it's like, you guys got all the nice shiny sparkly armor. He just started breeding rust monsters. 
Right. Exactly. Yes. And now so this is actually this kind of plays into the next point that you kind of should kind of try to keep in mind is they the evil overlord plays a very special they fill a very specific role. And that is to be the ultimate bad guy. You know, they get to be evil just for evil's sake. They they don't have to have a reason for it. And here's they the thing. can just be it. And they like it. It's <laughs> yes. the the thing is like this isn't this isn't kind of like, you know, like the, the end boss, you know, like the the tragic hero, like Andrew Ryan kind of crap. But what they they are is like they are the thing is like they are selfish, they are self-centered and well, general rule of thumb. And what they what they are is like it um, it's like they are evil and they revel in what they can do. They're it's like, okay, they don't they're not the ones that want to deal with the paperwork. They're the ones that come up with the it's like he there's the idea guy. He has people to make, you know, his ideas reality. You know so a, a great example of an evil overlord from comics is Dark Side from DC. Duh. Like that is a great example because I mean he literally controls an entire world called Apocalypse World. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he's you know. and he's got, you know, Granny Goodness. He's yeah. got Glorious all Godfrey. The, he's got all his kids, like everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that is uh, the thing is, it's like, okay, it's like in JLA, and just it's like I love this because he had some of the best lines. It's just like, you know, they he kills him, like Superman kills him, throws his like well, doesn't quite get almost dead, throws his body down, and his people pick him up. It's like, you might be a hero on your planet, Superman, but here. I am a god. Yeah, and you are the villain here. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is, and that is, and here's the thing: Darkseid is fun because you know he he has all of this stuff to back it up, and but he has a also very kind of very specific kind of character type of thing. You can't that the one thing with the evil overlord is that you can't really just you know switch it up, switch it up, switch it up. Because the thing is, like the evil overlord has to be evil that fits in what their evil overlord Ness is, you know? So if they're the ones that's like, money doesn't matter, money doesn't matter, then they start taxing everyone and hoarding all the gold. And you're like, what? And then you find out it's like, oh no, no, no. It's like, he's doing that because he's bribing a dragon. Okay. That makes sense. But yes, there has to be, there has to be a reason. Like if there, if there are, there's there's logic to what he does. Yeah, it's like it, it. It can be insane logic too. And like, if you look at some of the shit that Joker's done, well, Joker might not be a per- an even overlord. He or more as a foil, but he revels in his madness, and some crazy stuff comes out. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah, and you can you can play that as you know because they are now. Are you going to have like ten evil overlords in your world? And in your game, probably not. You might end up having two doing like a, a weird ass power struggle, but you but don't. That'll be something it's that too much. Kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, you mm-hmm. really only need one. Yeah, and the thing is, is because it, when you start getting like that, it, it's almost like an incredible huge spike in almost like a power creep type thing. And the players will look at this and they're like, "We can't do shit." Yeah. You know, it's like one person that's insanely powerful is like, okay, if we do this smart uh, over time, we're methodical, we use, you know, we play to our strengths, we, you know, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's, but the thing is like when you start uh, 
overloading, overloading your overlords. It's, you know, it's more of a everyone. It's like, okay, the only time that would work is if everyone's playing like an epic level game. But, you know, right. But that's a different type. That's a different power scale of a game. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. But the evil overlord doesn't really fit into that type of game. Because at that point, you should be fighting against, you know, your evil overlord would be like, you know, gods, you know, and things yeah. like that. If you're if you're playing at that epic level, your villains have to be that much more powerful exactly. to do the evil overlord. And to do that is... And the thing is, if you have multiple evil overlords, I'll be honest, it's one difficult to monologue in a bunch of different types of like mindsets, <laughs> just yes. as a GM. And it's like, you know, my, my husband's a voice actor and he's really good. And he even he thinks it's just like, 15, what the hell is wrong with you people? Yeah. that's And yeah. that's like 15. And here's the thing, it's like, we all love it. We all want it. We all need it. That villain's monologue, that crazy over that you're just like, you know, I'd, I'll pull Andrew Ryan. It's like a slave. It's like a man chooses a slave obeys where you get that kind of, yeah. you know, over the top with, with charisma and panache, that kind of shit. You get a whole bunch of them. It gets boring. You yeah. never thought an evil monologue would be boring, but yeah. It shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So, but... Um, so this is our take on evil overlords, you know, Gardemanger, while he, he really wanted to be here, he had something else that he was going to have to do. So he and the fact that he skipped out on evil overlord, we, we all know it's epic. So let's hope he had a good time. Yes. So, but what is your idea for an evil overlord? I mean, you know. so you're going to laugh at what mine is at pretty no, much. No. And, and you know me, it's, it's like, okay, my bigger, my bigger genres are, are horror and, 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 you know, futuristic cyberpunky sci-fi evil overlord and AI. Yeah. If you are in a fully wired world, if you have a fully self-aware AI and the thing is like all of their stuff can be. So that it could be so freaking subtle because tech is part of everyday life. So mm -hmm. you get like a couple of little things here, a couple of little things here, a couple. And I love because it's like you can have, and then it's just like, all right, how are you going to do it? You're going to, are you going to like screw up their infrastructure? Are you going to try and and do a code that starts eating away at some of their intelligence? You know, it's like perfect evil overlord. You know, and I am not going to be pulling anything from cyberpunk. Glados from Portal. Evil Overlord. Yeah. Perfect Evil Overlord. You know, yeah. brilliant monologues. It's like, you know, we've do we've both done things you are going to regret. Yeah. And the thing is like it and the Evil Overlord does not have to kill you. You know, they can get a lot more fun because it's like it's like okay, this is this is, you know, this is playtime for me. I got new toys, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Why are they going to break exactly. their toys? You know, exactly. so yeah. So for me, it's like that's the, that's the kind of evil overlord that I like. It's the it's the ones that are, you know, it it, it there's there's a a 
there's intelligence, there's brilliance, and just that beautiful sinishness, and you can see where all this thing comes from. It's like, oh God, yes. Yeah. So what about you, dude? What what's yours? Oh well. Honestly, mine is probably so I don't really use them in my games because most of my games are a lot less especially now like I don't play a lot of over the top like fantasy or anything else like that because me neither I I found that like I don't really and even when I did I never really used them if they if they existed in like a pre-published game world that was different they were there but I didn't really use them i have always been a bigger fan of the more local villain (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and i i appreciate the evil overlords but i just don't have a use for them in most of the games that i run does well you have the thing is like for you though you are you are much more on the the uh, almost if you want to think about it it, it's very uh, uh, human versus human yeah. Me, I, I like more of a human versus the world. Yeah. Trying to change the thing and here's and here's a goofy thing. A lot of how we choose to use them and what we choose to use the evil overlords for kind of feeds into our own mental internal kind of power fantasies. Not in like a, a bad way, but you know, it, it's we work nine to five every day. You know, it's like and he's like, okay, what are we doing in what are we doing in Shadowrun? You know, taking money from the corporations to fuck with the other corporations. So we're screwing we're screwing with big business in a kind of weird type of way if you think about it. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And here's the thing: is like the evil overlord kind of should at least, if you are treating, if you are doing like a a versus the world should have kind of like embody all the things that they kind of fight against greed, corruption, nepotism, spiky blonde hair, you know, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Totally (laughs) the spiky blonde hair. Uh, (laughs) But you know what? I think the, the listeners should go ahead and tell us what their idea for an awesome evil overlord is and how can they do that? Well, we have the social medias. We've got Discord. We've got Twitter. We've got, well, email. Heaven help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those who want to do that. Um, yeah. Though, just as an FYI, um, there is there will not be a Tumblr very soon. I'm going to probably shut that down. And I am, thanks to the Zuck, I am probably going to shut down the Facebook page and the Facebook group. Yeah. Because we don't see a lot of interaction. Hi, Evil Overlord. Dude. Hello. Yes. Yes. So those those forms will be going away. The biggest one to reach us will be our Discord and Twitter. Twitter. Because they're pretty simple, and it's a lot more direct contact with us. 
This episode has been sponsored by Tabletop.land. Not sure if you want to get into making all your own full terrain sets or scatter pieces? Hmm. Not sure you want to get into that 3D printing thing that everybody's doing for your own stuff or maybe minis for that matter even. Well, there is a new web shop that is up and coming called Tabletop.land. Go check it out and see if there's anything that tickles your fancy. Or, given the time of year it is, maybe you could even pick up something for that GM of yours for Christmas. I think it's time to roll on into our next segment. System-neutral pieces that can be worked into an ongoing game or inspiration for your next big game event. One, two, three, not it. Oh my god, you're an ass. Because <laughs> I don't know when I'm supposed to say not it. It's not fair. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry, I got the evil overlord kind of thing going, so you have to do like that overpronounced voice clear thing. Of course. <laughs> All right. The invasion has been 10 years going. They have slaughtered half of the population. The rest have been subjugated. Forced labor, horrendous experiments, and waking nightmares spawned from hell's darkest fantasies. After the populace was seemingly pacified, they turned to pillaging our natural resources. Metals, waters, rare element, even the very air we breathe. The invaders made sure to demonstrate their superiority in all ways, driving home the message that victory was impossible. The invaders should have studied our history, our literature, our media. They saw us as no better than animals and no smarter than animals. They didn't know about the Battle of Thermopylae or the meat grinder that was the Battle of Stalingrad. They had no concept of a Pyrrhic victory or Fabian tactics. They never read Sun Tzu, Grant Morrison's JLA Rock of Ages, or Harlan Ellison's I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. They never saw the Avengers. The extinction of humanity was now an undeniable certainty. The invaders had no idea. Hang on. (coughs) Excuse me. I forgot to breathe. We'll have to, you can re-edit that, right? Yeah. The extinction of humanity was now an undeniable certainty. The invaders had no idea that they created the instrument of their own annihilation. People with nothing left to lose. Small pockets of resistance started working towards a common goal. A pocket in Zurich, perhaps in an echo of historic pride, started calling the work the Sutor Protocol, and it stuck. The work progressed rapidly. Safety wasn't necessary, only effectiveness was. The resistance cell in the Mediterranean were the ones who finished the final step, an intricate program to coordinate the Sutor protocol worldwide. The countdown began that day. When the counter hit zero, the whole world shook. Fault lines stretched and split, volcanoes erupted, and landslides smashed into the invaders' installations. The seas were instantly vaporized, creating an atmospheric pressure unto herefore unknown and caused a near constant swarm of violent lightning storms. The trap 
was now shut. And as the earth tore itself apart, the invaders heard the digitized voice of their executioners. This realm now belongs to Sutor Omega, wherein dwells the rage and hatred of the unconquered. Nice. Thanks, dude. <laughs> that is cool. I like that. <laughs> I mean, think about the name, too, because Suter is yeah. the one that crosses the bridge into, you know, <clears throat> into, into Asgard. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm trying not to go into Asgard <laughs> and starts the end of the world of the destruction of all of the nine realms. So yeah. I thought that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So what do you got, dude? Okay. When you've vexed the Lord Emperor to the point where he needs to use you as an example, the Sanguine Oubliette is used. What is it I hear you say? Well, it, it's when you go, it's where you go to be forgotten. Though it's much more and worse than that. The name alone can conjure its own frightening imagery. In truth, if you have made the Lord Emperor upset enough to have you sent here, then be ready for what comes from that. While it is horrible that you've been thrown into this prison, the more troubling part comes after you've been here for a few days. Then you see one of the cages houses your spouse. Then maybe a cousin or one of your children. And the cages get moved in the pits so that they are above you. Then you see that they've changed out the bars for wire. Now you see how the oubliette has gotten the first part of its name. This continues till there's no one from your bloodline left to bleed for you. After the slow process of torture that, that is this breaks you, it's then your turn to bleed for the sanguine oubliette. Wicked, dude. Wicked. So. <laughs> that is, I, I don't know how the heck we both came into just dark shit, you know? Uh, evil overlords? <laughs> yeah, but no, if that was something, I would just be with, with somebody as they're jacked into the net, it would start replacing their memories one by one until they are an exact copy of the AI in flesh and blood. Uh-huh. But that's me. Yeah. But <laughs> there's there's all kinds of ways to to twist these, and and that's one of the things why we have in the uh, in the show notes we do have a how you can use this in a game if you want to do something like this or if you want to change it up. We give a few ideas sometimes. All right, so let's just keep on rolling and flip on into our next segment. An uncommon word that helps improve your descriptions with a bit of information about those words as well. All right, make us smart, dude. Okay. Really? I don't, I don't know. Well, smarter. <laughs> All, right. All right, no, screw it. Let make us sound smart, okay? <clears throat> oh, okay. I can do that with this word. Woohoo! Potentate. Oh, God. <laughs> I know what it means, and you are going to laugh at how I helped one of my uh, younger cousins know what it meant. That is funny. Potentate well, sounds like puddin' towel. 
who was the ruler of a very, very specific realm in uh, Bravest Warriors. And it's like, if that oh. sounds kind of similar, it's like, what does that thing? And they remembered it. That's funny. I know. Well, I yes. told you, like, dorky. So, yes, it means ruler or sovereign. Uh, it's also broadly used as a term for one who wields great power or sway. And it comes from the late Latin potentatus. That makes sense. First, and its first known use is in the 15th century. And the lookup popularity is in the top 4% of words. Woohoo. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it, I don't know. I, and here's the thing. It's, it's like I had written my, my stat block before I, um, before I remembered what the heck today's thing was, it's like everything kind of hit a theme, even though unintentionally, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, the lexicon I've started trying to tie into whatever we're working on. Excellent. And here's so. the thing, people out there that are listening. If there are, you know, if there are kind of subjects that you think, you know, would be that would be um Enhanced also by, you know, sharing better enhanced vocabulary, just like a subject, a, th a topic you'd like us to cover. And it's just like, okay, so we can, you know, because be honestly, in, in the world's like certain like like dark noir kind of detective things, it, it's like, ooh, okay, you can have some, some cool words, but they're more slangy kind of a thing. Yeah. So if, there's, if there is a topic, subject, area you'd like us to cover, and you also want to get like some cool words that come with it, Contact us on Discord, you know, contact us on Twitter, let us know. Or you could join our Patreon and throw a shekel at us if you can. And, you know, we'll we'll start doing more stuff with those. Definitely. It's like we, we do understand the, the pandemic sucks, oh, yeah. still sucks, and forever will suck. You know, there there is no denying that. But if you're able, you know, we we need to keep the website up, the lights on. And keeping all of us, I, I think, in, uh, you know, in, in hydration bits and <laughs> Tylenols. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. been quite a bit of that. Yeah, so. Oh. But the first and foremost, as always, people, make sure you take care of yourself. Put on your own mask first before you help anyone else with their mask, so. Yes. So, closing remarks. You go first this time. All right. Well, I figure that since the holidays are going to be, you know, going on, take some time to unplug, spend time with your family and your loved ones. Um, unless, of course, you're not able to be with them specifically, physically, uh, then do whatever you have to. But yeah, you try to spend some time with your family and, and the people that you care about, because you never know how much time you've got. So it's always a good thing. Especially yeah. around the holidays. Yeah. Darn, darn skipping. So. And the reason why I started giggling like crazy earlier is there's a book out there called How To by Randall Monroe. Randall Monroe is the guy that created the XKCD comic, which is pretty much stick figures and science and a whole bunch of just twisted, hilarious stuff. But it has some of the most improbable but very kind of evil overlord-esque ways of how to do things. And one of them, and I kid you not, is how to build a lava moat. And it's completely untenable, and it was one of the funniest things 
I've ever heard of, but what he's also bringing it to, and here's the thing, if you're doing a campaign where there is an evil overlord, but you don't want it, and I, I don't want to say, it, you don't want it like super duper serious, you don't want it like, you know, dark future, you you, you kind of want it more like Slayers, the, you know, the anime, um, you know, and, and you're not quite looking for something quite as dark. You know, it's like, it's like, all right, here's the other things you have to take into. You have lava. That means you have toxic gases. Okay. Now you have to design your, your fortress inside the lava moat. How are you going to do it? So the, it, things vent properly. So you don't poison yourself. And if you get the audiobook on audible, it is narrated by Will Wheaton. Okay. So like I said, it's like, for me, it's, it, I thought, cause it tied a lot into the evil overlord. Cause they have everything on how to dig a hole. And some of it is funny. Oh my gosh. Cool. Yeah. So it's, it's science to the extreme, but it also brings up some interesting things you can throw in if you want to like into your game for, for a laugh or just the, Hmm. And you start doing the thinky bits. So, yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. So, ah, go us. We have Vanquish yeah. the Evil Overlord, which is the looming episode above us, staring, looming us down like, you will record me. I know, right? And it's like, and we did record it, and we came out sane and mostly unscathed on the head, except for my coughing fit, because I don't know what it is. I accidentally inhaled my own hair. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It happens. Well, guys, until next time, play some games, have fun, stay safe, and we will see you all real soon. Laters. Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handle this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, 4.0 international license. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first Get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.